Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Music and Moon Salts. I'm your host, Chris Bordine. Joining me again, to, coming back for round two, uh, Rob, Rob Wilkins from uh, Fightful Overbooked. Rob, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for letting me do this again. I I, I love uh, I love doing this kind of stuff, so it's it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. I uh, yeah, I uh, Rob also does. He, so he co he. Co- he's the co-host of Coexisting with Rob and Maggie on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, he he does some stuff on Fightful.com. And then every now and again, he'll do a retro review of his own over on Fightful Select. So I thought, well, who better to have on to watch an old match and yeah. and talk about old Attitude Era wrestling than, uh, than Rob. So... Yeah. And you know how to get me, like you were saying, Bret Hart. Like, I, was, yeah, I, it, I, I know your 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 soft spots. So, yeah, and that's that's the key for anybody out there. If they ever want me to join their show, they just have to say, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna review a Bret Hart match." You got me. Like yeah. I'm I'm in. So there you, <laughs> you go. So yes. So today we are going to watch. Uh, it is SummerSlam season. Uh, we are going to be watching uh, from SummerSlam 1997, Heart and Soul. Uh, in 1997, every pay-per-view, whether it was a normal pay-per-view or an in-your-house, felt like it had a tagline. I remember Survivor Series this later this year, the infamous Montreal Screwjob was gang rules. <laughs> um, but it's uh, August 3rd, 1997, an early August SummerSlam, which I guess this year SummerSlam's in, in July. July. So. Yep. so yeah, there's that, but... um. But yeah, it's the main event. It's Bret Hart, uh, trying to go get his record-breaking fifth, uh, WWF World Title, uh, from the champion, the Undertaker. And there's a special guest referee who is my favorite wrestler, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. And uh, yeah, this is this is a really I love this match so much. Uh, I love all the players involved. Like this is just this is the 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 best of the best of this era of of wwf specifically and it it changed like i mean you could look at it this way it pretty much changed the business in a way because this is where brett got his title and he didn't lose it until survivor series at the in montreal so Mm -hmm. this is the birth of it really yeah, it's like a month after a month after this is when he gets the the call or he you know gets the news from Vince that yeah, this 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 new contract we signed you to last year I I can't pay you so mm. let's uh let's reopen those lines of communication with with WCW so all right so if you go to Peacock if you're uh slumming it like us here in the states uh you go to find SummerSlam and then you want season ten. And obviously, it's episode one. It's the only episode of SummerSlam in season 10. At least it should be. Um, and then we're going to go to 204.46 is where we're going to start. And I'll give you a second to uh, to get there. And, uh, and then we'll uh, press play on this. Um, so where does... Uh, where does anti-America, pro-Canada, Bret Hart... Uh, fit in your Bret Hart power rankings? Uh, I was ready to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, uh, it was one of those things where it was one of those, those, it was one of those things where I'm like, eh, I like it here, but I can see his point. <laughs> and uh, whatever Brett says goes. Yeah, if Brett told me to jump off a bridge, it, it would have probably happened. That's that's the unfortunate thing when you're about 15 years old. It's, I mean, I I I mean, you know, like just that was that was my guy. Like it was like some kids had Michael Jordan, some kids, like had Jerry Rice. I was a Bret Hart guy. Just that was my guy, and. um yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where I just, no matter what he did, it was, did I like him turning hill? No, but the the thing that helped with me is when in the United States, he was a heel, but wherever else he went, he, he was, was the, he was the biggest face in the business at that mm-hmm. time. And uh, I absolutely love that. And I kind of hope one day we get to see something, somebody do that 
kind of style again. Not necessarily bashing the U.S., but I'd love to see um, where a wrestler is in one country just hated and then in every other country is just loved. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well, hopefully you guys are, are caught up. Like I said, 204.46, and I'm going to give a quick countdown, and, and when I say play, press play. So three, two, one, play. Arena, that blimp reminds me of J.R. And uh, got, got a shot of the Sorry. blimp, the Stridex blimp. We're in East Rutherford, New Jersey. There's the three-man booth of, of Vince Lawler and, and Jim Ross. I love – I really like this commentary team. Uh, I think it's an underrated one. Everyone talks about JR and King, just the two of them. But I think this uh, this three-man booth is really good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I love I – love, like – I'm not a big Jerry Lawler fan, but I do like sometimes his like facial expressions with fans. Yeah. I, uh, yes. So I, I totally get why, you know, and, uh, there's a funny story. I don't know if I should tell this story, (laughs) (laughs) uh, about the night of when he had the heart attack, but, um, uh, but anyways, I, so like this era and through the, through the attitude era, I, you know, I thought Jerry was great. Um, <laughs> but as, as years moved on, and especially like the last 10, 10 or so years, I have no use for Jerry Lawler on my television screen. So, yeah. um, and that's not even taken into account, you know, some of the other stuff mm-hmm. with him that, you know, yeah, might bug you. So, and rightfully so. Yeah. It's uh, one of those things where it's like, does Corey really need a uh, honeymoon? <laughs> like, does he? I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm kidding there, but you know what? Like, it's yeah. just our, can we get somebody else? Yeah, um, is there no one else you could have called? Well, yeah. CM Punk's available for Mondays. No, yeah, right. That would have been interesting, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of people they could have gone with. Hey, there's what's his name? Um, God, I always forget his name. Oh, Vladimir. Yeah, thank you. What like, happened? Weren't they working on a documentary? Yeah, it's been like it's been supposedly supposed to come out forever, and then they—I yeah. don't know if they pulled it because of a certain reason or well, it probably was found like shown at an AEW show, and they're like, "Nope, not doing this anymore." <laughs> no. Here comes the challenger, Bret Hart. Uh, and these the Canadian flag. I love so. This is this is number one on my Bret Hart power rankings. Uh, this is my favorite version of Bret. Um, I think this is when he was able, like he was always a really great wrestler. Like, but as far as the other stuff, you know, the character work and and the, like this is just this is just awesome. This is a ten out of ten. This yeah. this run from, you know, basically from Survivor Series this this year stretch from Survivor Series to Survivor Series is just phenomenal stuff. Just absolutely just great stuff. Yeah. And that, that survivor series was, um, 96. So that was the Madison square garden. I believe. Yeah. That was the, the MSG Rock, one yeah. with, with, uh, um, the first Miami, match yeah. against Austin. And yeah, yeah, that's the one where the rock debuted. And, yeah. and we're going to try and get everyone to stand for the, playing of the Canadian national anthem. I'm sure that's going to go over really well. I'll do it. Okay. (laughs) But like, and I love, you know, we, we talked when you were on last about, about, you know, how a lot of people, they like the, the faction heart foundation more than they like the, the tag team. Yeah. I like, I I like them both equally. Like I I loved the tag team as a kid, but this, this faction with him and Owen and, and Davey and Pillman, and Anvil is just great. I love the Jack. Like, if I could have any piece of wrestling memorabilia, it'd be one of these Heart Foundation jackets. Yeah. Yep, that would be the one, like, right there. And when, it'd be uh, kind of cool to just get a custom one. Like When when the the FDR boys had their match a while back for the against each other for the Owen tournament, and they <sighs> came out with those tights, with the with the skull, the, the oh, it was mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I'm kind of just, I mean, it's one of those things where he, Brett did the thing that was best for him. So he signed that deal with mm-hmm. WWE before. 
but it's also one of those things where I don't necessarily he's one of those guys that doesn't need to be at TV every week, but you could bring him in like maybe once a month or mm-hmm. twice a month. And that's, that's how they could have, if it would have worked and who knows, I mean, we don't, those deals don't always last forever. So yeah. I had a pair of Hitman shades as a kid. Yeah. Uh, obviously not, not ones that he gave me, unfortunately, but, <laughs> but I got them. I'm, I'm guessing I bought them at a live event. Uh, yeah, at mine were from the shop zone or whatever they called it then. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm guessing I, I bought, I bought them. Uh, my dad used to take me. They used to run quite often at the Palace of Auburn Hills in mm. the early '90s house shows. Uh, and they might have done a couple TV taping, superstars tapings there too. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, they used to come often, and uh, we would go pretty much every time. And so. I'm pretty sure that's where I I'm, I I must have got them there. Uh, I wish I still I would have kept up, kept them, yeah. but I didn't. Um, and here comes the referee for the match. I'm mean, gonna super kick him. <laughs> I'm kidding. I the thing is is I like talking crap about him, but he's obviously one of the best to ever do it. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's, that's one of those things where like I will, you know. I, I'm a Sean guy, but Brett, I will always give Brett his props and he's, you know, Brett's definitely like in my top 10. Uh, and you'll never, you know, other than, you know, maybe playfully uh, with, with, if I'm talking to someone who who's a big Brett fan, but ser- you'll never seriously get me to say something bad about Brett. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just the people who kind of like go out of their way and like not only say like I don't you know I don't prefer Sean you know just like come out like think Sean's like a flat out like bad wrestler like I'm like yeah, that take that's... like that <laughs> it's yeah. like all right like I I that's like me when I was a kid I hated Michael Jordan but like yeah. he was the best basketball player of uh, all time so I assume you were a Pistons then Pistons oh yeah guy. oh yeah yeah so bad that explains, boys, baby you know yeah bad boys. So was it just, I know, side side topic, but was it hard when Rodman was a bull for you? No, because by you... that time, like, he had done, uh, and, you know, if, if it'd be looked at a lot differently now. He was, uh, you know, obviously he was going through some stuff. Uh, if, you, if you've watched this 30 for 30, um, yeah. you know, where he's, like, in the palace parking lot, like, this close to, like, you know, shooting himself with a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, and that led to his trade uh, to uh, San Antonio. Yep. Uh, and then, so, but, so by that time, I was kind of already, like, I'd come to grips that he wasn't a Piston anymore. And, yep. you know, it just was like, oh, well, he's on the Bulls now. Now I really need to boo him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. And the only year I rooted against the Bulls was uh, when they played the Sonics that year in the oh, finals. Yes. I love the Rainmaker, man. Sean Kemp, baby. And the glove, Gary Payton. Yep. Yeah, I liked him too. And he had the uh Gillette shrimp and Oh yeah. Yeah, man, those Sonics. So, I'm of the opinion, and uh as as we're we're bantering while we wait for the Undertaker to make his, <laughs> his entrance. Um I'm of the opinion if I were in, in charge of sports for the day that all NBA and NHL teams would have to wear their jerseys from the nineties. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. Uh, cause I think everything was better in the nineties. Yep. I mean, there's, yeah, I look at jerseys now, like every once in a while, like you'll watch it. Like I, the hockey, like the wilder in the playoffs. And I was watching last night and I saw one fan in the, uh, their new alternate Jersey, like the, they have the old North stars colors, but it's the Minnesota mm-hmm. wild logo. And it's like, damn, I got to get one of those. But then I was also thinking, I also need a North stars logo on because yeah. that, that was like, I was a McDonald guy. So, Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the hockey ones aren't bad. Uh, yeah. there's, you're certain like, like the ducks, like I would, I would switch the ducks to the classic ducks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, certain things like that, but, um, but the NBA ones, and there's like the NBA ones. There's like, 
every team has like a million different jerseys. Yeah. Like Timberwolves from 89, they just had that really generic like Timberwolf and like yeah. the blue. And then like, I mean, your Pistons, they in 1994, like when they drafted Grant Hill, like right after maybe when they had that. It was like 96, upper. 97 when they switched. Yeah. The first couple of years Grant was was with the team. They yeah. still were rocking the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of the Teal Pistons. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm uh, I'm hoping to I. That's the next thing I want is a um. Uh, is one of those Grant Hill Teal jerseys, and I they announced that next this coming season, uh, that they'll be rocking those for a few games. So cool. I'm pre- I'm, pre- I'm pretty pumped for that. Nice. Uh, so. You know what? Like before this match starts, I think this was like right at that time frame. And just by the way he looks, I think this is when the Undertaker was in his best shape. Yeah. Well, this is when he started uh, the athleticism. I think this is when he started doing, you know, started doing some of the dives and stuff like that around this era. Okay. That's what I was like, man, I trying um, to remember, but it's definitely, but you know, by, by into the next year, cause uh, April of 98, or April or May of 98 is the Inferno match. And he does the dive over the ropes in that match. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely starting to get instead of, you know, the original undertaker didn't really move a whole lot. And this version definitely moves a lot more. My Um, memory sucks. Why did, sorry, I didn't didn't mean to cut you off there again. Um, Why did Shawn Michaels end up being the ref in this? Um, So they were bringing the, uh, they were bringing the, the rivalry backstage to the, to the screen. Oh. Um, they uh, oh, that was the sunny days comment. I bet. Too. Yeah, that was part of it, and um, and they were kind of like, uh, you know, at this point, Sean is still technically a babyface. Uh, this match is where he kind of um starts the heel turn, and you know, DX is formed not long after this. Um, but yeah, they were they were just kind of bringing the. They were supposed to wrestle, I think it was, at King of the Ring this year, and it ended up uh, that's when Brett was out with the knee surgery, and so he ended up wrestling Austin instead, even though they were tag team champions, he and yeah. Sean. Um, and, yeah, so there's uh, um, Brett made the challenge to take her for this match, and he said that it, he made the stipulation – if he doesn't win the title here, he'll never wrestle in the U.S. again. Yeah. And so they made, uh, I can't remember if it was Gorilla Monsoon or who uh, made Sean the special guest referee. And the stipulation is if he intentionally screws Brett out of the title, <laughs> um, then Sean will never not be able to wrestle in the U.S., so that's kind of that's kind of what we're working with here. Yeah. Okay. That now I like when you said that I'm like okay it makes sense. The um, and I love so my favorite era is probably like from the SmackDown debut in August of '99 through uh, May of '01 when Triple H blew his quad. Um, that's my favorite. But I I love this era too. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love the like. Maybe creatively, some of the stuff isn't the best, but they've got a, at this point they've got a couple really good things going. Obviously, this this whole stuff with with these three guys, and you know the Heart Foundation, and like I said, DX is going to start up here in a minute. But also on this on this show, you had the cage match with Triple H and Mankind. So there was just uh, some good stuff, and I I just like the pre- presentation. The, the beginning of this pay-per-view is a really cool intro uh, from from the old voiceover guy they used to have back in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, talking about how, you know, if life was fair, uh, you know, meant like, uh, Brett would still be loved. And it's just I, – I highly encourage all of you, uh, if, if – you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while when we're done with this go back to the beginning of the pay-per-view and and watch the intro to the pay-per-view because it's it's phenomenal stuff uh i watched it yesterday uh you know wanting to watch the rest of the show in preparation or as much of it as i could and it, it like it was like oh this is that good stuff <laughs> yeah so yep. 
And uh, we've done some fighting on the outside. Sean's trying to keep control, but, you know, he's not really a referee. And he's, you know, he doesn't want to disqualify either guy. Yeah. So he's kind of letting things slide here. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, obviously, I think Taker's best in-ring run is like 07, 08. Um, but I like what he was doing here, too. Yeah. I, the the only time I really didn't care for the Undertaker thing was the ministry thing. And I know a lot of people did like that. I just, I thought so it was just. Like, I don't, like, the ministry itself, I can take your leave. Uh, yeah. The ministry music, though, is the oh, best yeah. music Undertaker's ever had. Yeah, I'll give you that. and and then, yeah, and I, I did like the, uh, I liked it because it was different, but I did like the, uh, like his American Badass, like, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do, I too. Enjoyed, I yeah. do, too. I'm a big fan of that. That's actually, so my wife, uh, her favorite wrestler is The Undertaker. Oh, okay. And that's her, actually, her favorite version is, is the American Badass Taker. So... Got Taker got has Brett in a bear hug. Um, so. Brett's music though, Brett's you know he pretty much had the same you know they they changed it up a little bit but you know pretty much from from the the Hurt Foundation tag team all the way to the end he pretty much had the same music, and yeah, that's such Jim. that's that's one of my top five favorite themes. Yeah, Jimmy Hart um, and Jim Johnson, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. Um, a lot of people don't know that Jimmy Hart did a lot of the music. Yeah, especially early uh, in the '80s and stuff, because you know, with the Pile Driver album and stuff like that, he was heavily involved. Um, and then he went on to do a lot of the WCW stuff when when he yeah. left to go there with Hogan. But, um, but uh, my uh, my wife and I, when we got married, I was like. We, whatever you want to do is fine, but when we come into the reception, like I want everyone to come out to wrestling themes, like the party uh-huh. and us. I want us to come out. Cool. And she was like, "Okay, whatever." And uh, it was a big. Uh, I tell you, that was the hardest decision I've ever made. I went back and forth so many times on how I wanted to do it. Initially, I wanted each. Uh, we each had four members of our wedding party. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially, I wanted each pair to come out with their own music. So yeah. I was going to do, like, all tag teams. Oh. So I was going to do, like, Heart Foundation and Rockers oh. and, like, Legion of Doom and stuff like that. But I ended up settling on. And in hindsight, you know, uh, I kind of wish I would have made a different decision. Uh, but at the same time it is what it is, but I ended up making the decision that the wedding party came out to the four horsemen theme. Oh, uh, the one from the nineties. And okay. then, and then my wife and I came out to, to Ric Flair's theme. Oh, cause we got married. Like we got married, like the week that his 30 for 30 came out. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. It was cool. Like, uh, <laughs> I was coming out and, uh, of course, all my all my guys started wooing, so then I wooed back, and then <laughs> there were people who didn't know what was going on. Like what? What? Like I had people like, why did you come out to the the song from two thousand one, A Space Odyssey? I'm like, oh well, you know, it, <laughs> Ric Flair. <laughs> we finally got Brett's got take her off his feet, working on the leg. Trying to destroy his vertical base. I actually wasn't watching at this time. Oh, you weren't? No. Uh, so we didn't have cable. Hmm. And so when... Whenever... I want to say it was like... I don't know. Sometime in 94... Because I think I, I, I remember the build-up to WrestleMania 10. Um, and then sometime after that, I don't remember when. Uh, 
I, I just kind of fell out because I don't. They must have the superstars were still on, and they must have changed. I think it was still on syndication at that point, but they must have changed the time slot where I was living or whatever, and it just wasn't on when I could yeah. watch it anymore or something. And I, I just fell out of it, and then they went, everything went to cable, yep. you know, soon thereafter, and we didn't have cable, so I just kind of fell out. So while I, you know. Everyone at school was talking about wrestling, you know, starting in like middle of '96. Yeah, you know, uh, and oh, here comes Paul Bearer. What does he want? Um, <laughs> you know, I was kind of like out of the loop uh, a little bit. So, yeah, I wasn't even watching at this time. So I've I've gone back, had to go back retroactively and watch a lot of this stuff. Um, but. Still, uh, I still enjoy it. Like I, I, I've seen this match. I can't even a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll just leave it there. I've seen this match a lot. And of course, yeah, this is Sean uh, did pretty good. Sean did pretty good there doing the count. Usually, when you see, uh, I've noticed lately when wrestlers are like in a move like that, they ref rarely do the count. It's like they forget, or I don't know what, but. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, at this time, Paul Bearer has been teasing that uh, Undertaker's brother is alive. Uh-huh. Kane's alive. So we'll be seeing him in a couple months. Um, Brett gets the ropes after Undertaker reversed the figure four. <sighs> and now Taker returns the favor. Jamming that knee into the uh, canvas. <laughs> and he princes, punches Paul Bearer. Didn't really have Bret Hart saving Paul Bearer on my bingo card back in that day. Right. But he really wasn't. He was just trying to get to the taker. Right. Tim White. Oh, yes. Referee Tim White. Can't help, but it just kind of hit me. I, I because I saw um, uh, Vlad Vladimir. Is that his name? Yes. Or, yeah. Since I saw him, I kind of wonder how many people are still with WWE, like that might have worked in this time frame and still with the company. There's probably not many. Right. Yeah, I know. It's 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 uh. Yeah, you're right. Probably not many. Yeah, very many at all. Like. Oh, here comes Owen you and got, Roman. You got um Kevin Dunn for sure. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Pritchard came back, but he left for a while. Right. And granted, you had people retire since then, so but hmm. I think one of the other referees that came out that was Jimmy uh Cordes, I think that was out. Oh yeah, uh huh. Love that Pillman shirt. Wow, Vladimir had clapping for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, wow, an NWO shirt. Oh, there's ECW guy. And the sunglasses. He was at every CW Arena show in the first row. Yeah. 
couple NWO shirts in the in the arena, but mm-hmm. wouldn't see that really anymore. I, I maybe you do. I haven't seen an AEW shirt in a while on Raw. Yeah, for sure. Brett's elbows were underrated when he used them. Like he, he did good there with the way he took Taker's leg. Right. Weird seeing Owen. Yeah, I know. That'd be like me watching a match with Benoit. Now, well, I mean, they're 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 different. (laughs) They're definitely different. Yeah, absolutely. It's just I'm just saying on a weird scale, like from seeing, from seeing it. Just I haven't watched a Benoit match since he's since he died. I've I haven't um. I haven't uh, seeked out one like yeah. to watch uh, by itself. Uh, I've you know if it's been part of a show that I'm watching, like I don't yeah. skip it. Yeah. Um. Uh, because I mean, like it or not, like it's history. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 part of of that history, and you, yep. you like he's got to be. You know, he, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100% with you. It's just, and I haven't had to go back. Like, I mean, none of the pay per views I've reviewed have had them. So it's like one of those things where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. This was good. Mm hmm. And this was a show that was this a show that Austin got hurt at too? Yes, this is in yeah. fact it was the match right before this. Yeah. Was the uh the the show or the match with with Owen where uh his neck was broken. Yeah, I remember there was a Austin said something about this match and he goes if you look at Owen um if you look at Owen he he has a like this like you could just see just didn't seem like itself during that match like yes. when they showed him yeah. and like now that I remember that like that was kind of like Owen he didn't really do much his fate like none of that he was really he was just kind of like not making any noise that he wasn't talking and choke slam come yeah. doing everything I imagine that had to be hard as hell for Owen. And I, I like this. Taker's got the cover, but Sean's trying to get the rest of the Heart Foundation out of there. Oh, and Taker's upset. Oh. <laughs> and this, this, so this match like uh, s- sets up the start of the Undertaker Shawn Michaels rivalry, mm-hmm. which w- would have. Eventually end up uh, causing uh, the end of the the first half of of Sean's career with the casket match at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, these are just three guys at the top of their game in this match. You know, you know, Brett obviously is is ever the ring general. and then you know Taker, like I said, he's he's doing some really good stuff, and and Sean, you know, I, he he's obviously not not wrestling in this match, but his his manner, mannerisms and his character work as as the referee in this match, you know, knowing that he doesn't want Brett to win, but he can't 
he can't do yeah, anything yeah. to stop Brett from winning. Otherwise, it'll 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 hurt him. Um, you know, it's just I, the story storytelling wow. gets thrown a lot thrown around a lot today when it comes to matches. Um, yep. This is this is what I think about when I think of storytelling. You know, what's the story of the match? Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna be getting. Double axe handle off the off the rope. What time are you at? Just because I'm wondering if I'm. I'm at two thirty three forty. Weird. How? Did, oh, you must. Did you have a commercial break? I might. I might have. Oh, okay. Because I'm ahead of you. That's why I was like. All right, hmm. that's fine. I guess. Where are you at? I'll go. I'll go back. Uh, no, no. Two... I'll I'll catch up with you because we're you're probably more, uh, probably more accurate than i am so where are you at? yeah i'm at i'm at 230 i'm 15 seconds away from 235 right now okay so five four three two one 235 okay there we go ddt Headbutts from Brett. Uh, no. So where were I mean, were you were you a WWF guy during the Monday oh, Night Wars? Yep. Yep, okay. I was. Um, the only time I ever started watching WCW was when Brett went to WCW, <laughs> and that makes sense. Then I didn't really care for it at all, so mm-hmm. I went back and um, I would flip whenever Brett was on. <laughs> but I, I was always a WWE guy. I, it just, and you know, today it's it's definitely changed. Um, mm-hmm. I still I still watch every WWE show, and even though sometimes it's like not to get anybody mad or upset there's just times where it's like my god that was a waste of time you know it was just but i still watch it like i i watch it i know i might not like what happened but i watch every show um well every like wrestling show they have yeah so yeah i uh i'm the same i've always been a wwf wwe guy (laughs) um but yeah the last I guess the last year or so I've found it really hard to engage with, with the product. Um, so, I mean, full disclosure, we are, we are, uh, recording this ahead of, you know, a couple months ahead of time before this gets released. So hopefully in that time, something changes and will make me, I, I, you know, Cody being back has helped. Um, I will. I definitely like tune in to Raw for his segments, but I'm still not to the point where I'm willing to spend three hours of my Monday night watching Raw. Yep. And I'm the type of guy where if I don't, unless it's like really good, uh, like if I don't see it live, I'm just not gonna watch it. Um, yeah, and I used to be that way, but now it's like one of those things where I can. It's it's just more of a time thing. Like yeah. there are other things I, I, you know, I do, you know, I don't with, you know, with a wife and, and a kid, I don't get too much free, yeah. you know, quote, quote, free time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and, you know, it's not like I, I go out of my way to avoid spoilers. So I already know what goes on with these shows. Yeah. So it's like, eh, yeah. if I don't, and then, and, and it's not just like there are most weeks I don't watch rampage either. Because I don't, yeah. 
you know, I don't stay up till 11 o'clock watching Rampage on a Friday night. Yeah. And unless something super awesome happens that I hear about, yep. I, oh, a, I, it, a lot of times I, I won't end up watching it because it's just, I just don't, don't, don't make the, it's not that I don't have the time. I don't make the time to go back and watch it. Yeah. So. Yep. I'm, I'm with raw. I, if I'm not, um, usually it's like one of those things where I can start raw later. <laughs> like I don't have to start it at like eight o'clock or mm-hmm. seven o'clock my time, but I, I can start it later and still catch up, which is good in one way, but it's also annoying as hell in another way because it just shows how much time like you waste during the show. Um, I mean, they, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if you count the time frame, like how much in ring action you see oh, yeah. on Dynamite in two hours, you get more, some occasionally, not always, but you, occasionally you'll see more in ring time on Dynamite than you did on Raw. And it's just, come on. Yeah. Not, not always, but just occasionally. Mm-hmm. You're going to try and choke slam him out of the ring or on the apron or something? Oh, from the outside, back inside. Oh, okay. There we go. Both men are down. But Taker rolls over for the cover. Brett kicks out. Yeah, I'm a... I never got... Like, there's... People were throwing the stat around about how much actual wrestling was on both nights of WrestleMania this year. Yeah. And, like, to me... Like, I get it if, if you know, if if what you watch for most is the in-ring stuff. I get it. Yep. Um, to me, it's like wrestling is a, um, it's like a soup or a stew or, you know, you know, if you're, lo- or even like a pie chart, you know, there, there's yeah. different aspects, you know, yes, it's the in-ring stuff, but it's also, you know, I love, especially if it's a good promo. I love promos, so it doesn't yeah. bother me if there's a lot of talking on a show or, you know, stuff like that, because it's all yep. it's all part of the same, you know, part of the thing that I love. Yeah, my my problem goes back to the uh, constant replays. I don't need to see the same yes. replay three times in an hour. Yes, um, yes. That, that goes that goes the biggest way. And the video, there's also just little things like there's. I mean, Becky Lynch this past week, um, I mean, today's uh, May 5th, and then on Monday, she came out, and it was 15 minutes till her match started. It was just like, yeah, come on. Yeah, they've been really bad at the last, I think it started, I don't can't remember if it was it pre-pandemic when it was really that bad, or is it just been since the pandemic where it's gotten I think it's bad? been since, I think it, well, I take that back, it was before the pandemic, because they did it at, um, I went to the raw in August of 20. When was, was it 29 pandemic started in 2020? Yes. Right. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was October of 20 or August of 20. It was right before AEW started. I went to a raw taping at, uh, in St. Paul and, um, pretty much that's what like, like I remember Braun Strowman, that's what the night Braun and Seth Rollins won the tag team titles from the good brothers. Oh, okay. Um, Literally, they stood in the ring 15 minutes before the match started. Mm-hmm. And granted, I mean, I've, it's good for the people that were around ringside because Braun just walked around signing autographs. Uh, you know, it's just, it was just ignorant. It, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, nice clothesline. Yeah. Yep. One thing I always liked about Brett selling is he always looked like he was in just pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really attacked the mat too when he was taking, you know, his, his, his bumps and stuff. Like he, he didn't look like he was falling gracefully and, Oh, Oh, what do we got here? Oh, yes. The sharpshooter around the ring post. Yeah. For the kids. Four. Whoops. Oh, yep. This is it. This starts it. 
Oh. Undertaker kicks Brett off, and he lands right on Shawn Michaels. Good stuff, pal. Brett's trying to introduce a chair to the ring. Crack. Back when chairs were chairs. Yes, right. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, you know, obviously knowing what we know now, you know, I don't want, I don't want to see any current day chair shots to the head, but boy, if it like, when I watch it, watch this old stuff back, if it's just not like, I don't know, it's, uh, I can't say it's not that I enjoy it. It's just, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know how like you didn't give them concussions. well maybe it did give them concussions back then but it just doesn't it does it now I just right I'm like wow because some of those shots that The Rock would take sometimes or Shane McMahon or mm-hmm. even oh Vince Shane yeah Shane would now he's he's Sean sees the chair he's asking Brett did you use it and Brett's like no I didn't use it Sean's not buying it. Oh, that's a nasty loogie. God. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh. Brett speaks the loogie and... Oh, God. That might have, like, started it all right there. Because that was a nasty loogie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. And Sean has to reluctantly count to oh, three. Oh, God. Yeah. I always forget about that. Every time I see this match, mm-hmm. I just always forget about how nasty that one was. Mm-hmm. Because he kept that one in for a while. <laughs> yeah. John's oh, not happy know. walking to the back. The crowd in New Jersey is not happy. And he's doing great. Just throw that stuff at him. I love mm-hmm. it. And Taker's going after him. Yep. Taker's like, oh, I'm going to kill me uh, some Shawn Michaels. But you know what he's really thinking. He's like, okay, I what strip club am I going to? Yeah. <laughs> Five time, five time, five mm-hmm. time. Well, telling New Jersey the number one. Yep. Well, she's happy. I actually, they sh- that that eye roll that he just had. They show that every like in almost every highlight or yes. montage they do of Taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brett, right. one thing Brett did better than almost anyone is, like, the importance of being champion. Mm-hmm. Like, he just made, like, being the world champion feel more important than almost anybody. Yeah. You know? Of course, everyone wanted to win it, you know? But, like, he he really, you know, the way he would kiss the belt and, and all that. Like, he just always... um. Yeah, he just always made being the world champion feel like the the most important thing, which it should be. I I think it was Jim Ross, and I might be misquoting. It might not have been him, but I I think on a podcast he said that if you're in a wrestling organization and you don't want to be the 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 heavyweight champion, he's, what the hell are you doing here? Right. That's and I I I agree with that to a certain point. But yeah. You know, not everyone's going to be a world champion, and some people have yeah. you know. Some people yeah, know that. But, yeah, and I think he meant like as a I, – what I think he meant was if you don't want to be a champion at all, maybe. Um, and, like, I don't think he was talking about tag teams because you right. got to look at, like, FTR. Neither one of them want to mm-hmm. – neither one of them really want to work independent or singles. Um, I mean, they will, but they want to be together. Brett's little shimmy after the three count killed me. Mm-hmm. He's happy. Yeah. Man, it's hard to believe we lost Pillman two months later, not even, maybe three. Two, yeah, about two months later. And yeah, that was really when when Anvil died a couple years ago. And there was that picture, there's that famous picture of the five of them. Yep. They're like in an alley or whatever, and they're all in mm-hmm. jeans and the leather jackets. Yeah. And like everyone was in black and white except for Brett. He was the only one still in color. And that man, that that really. 
that really uh really gets you you know yep so bulldog pillman heart yep so. all righty what was anvil in this huh oh this might have been like where he I think he had a little contract issue like during a short time of this. I cannot remember. No, he was around because, uh, so the story going into the pay-per-view that every, every member of the heart foundation, um, had some sort of stipulation attached to their match. So obviously Hmm. Brett here, it was the, if I lose, I can't wrestle in America anymore. Uh, Pillman wrestled gold dust. And if Pillman lost, he had to wear Marlena's dress. Uh, uh, Bulldog wrestled Shamrock, and it was like the loser had to eat dog food. Uh, and then um, uh, it was the the reason why they didn't couldn't call the audible in the once Austin got hurt in the in the Austin Owen match is because it was like a kiss my ass match, whereas whoever lost had to kiss the the other the winner's ass on Raw the next night. Yep. And so Anvil, he didn't have a match. And so his was if... I can't remember if it was if if any of them lost or if all of them lost, mm. that he was going to shave off his goatee. Um, but obviously that didn't... If it was... If they all lost, obviously Brett won. So... That saved that, and then I, you know, it just it did a lot of it didn't get you know followed through on, but but yeah, no, Anvil was around at this time. I'm not sure why he's not here here, but Anvil was still around at the time. So I just for whatever reason I thought there was just a short period of time where he had a contract issue. Maybe you could be right. I could be not remembering that right now, but. I know at least like in the lead up to this, he was on TV because. Oh, you know what? Too there was uh, the month before this is the Canadian Stampede. Yeah, there was also a, and I could be like mistaken, but I think because, um, when he came, what when did he come back? It was earlier this year. Um, because I I know at one time he was still doing independence because he had a lot of dates and Vince. Let them yeah. honor those too because because they was it was one the of those. end of in fact I can tell you because they 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 just they just watched this episode on was it on Jr's podcast it was like the end of April of this year um because they did the thing where uh Brett was in the wheelchair on top <laughs> of the stage yep. And there's chaos, and all the rest of the members of Heart Foundation were gone, and Austin was there, and so uh, he was like that famous shot of 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 Brett on the ramp by himself on the stage by himself, and Austin just walking up the ramp like I'm finally gonna get you, and then that's when Anvil came back because he came yep. came out of nowhere and attacked Austin. So yep, yep, yep. Now I remember that. Yeah, this is a this is really like I said, this is a really good match. Uh, one I think of fondly. Uh, it's one of my. It might be. Uh, I know 92 at Wembley is the popular pick, but I think this is my favorite SummerSlam match. No, it's a good one. So, but. It is that indeed. Rob, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Fightful.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter, and please do. I usually follow back if, you, if you're... Uh, as long as your Twitter handle doesn't start with your name and then like 485 numbers afterwards. Um, but I usually do follow you back and um, you can catch me every Friday at three o'clock Eastern on fightful overbooked. That's youtube.com fightful overbooked or uh, fightful overbooked.com. I do a show called coexisting with Rob and Maggie. Um, it's a fun show. We basically talk wrestling and then we have three non-wrestling segments where we talk about some good things and then, uh, I tell a couple of jokes that usually go over pretty well. Sometimes they don't. And um, I would say it's a show that's between PG 13 and probably rated R. So I just go. like giving that warning to people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, check out Rob support all he does. Uh, um, support the good few people at fightful. It's a, it's a great community over there. One I'm proud to be a part of. Um fact when i so i started watching your not watching i i, I listen to the audio podcasts 
and I started in like 20, 2019. So right around okay. WrestleMania 2019, and at that time you were just a, you were just a listener like everyone else, and I would I cool. would hear I'd be listening to the to post shows and it'd be like, Rob Wilkinson's in the super chat <laughs> like yeah. five, I will so like ten I'll times tell you, an episode. Like, you know, occasionally you see like Sean Sean gets question Sean Ross Sapp gets questions like mm-hmm. how do I get into like wrestling yeah. um, media? Well, so I started like in ninety, um, I technically started in ninety seven, but um, from 1998 to 2000, I I was covering wrestling on a couple of like sites that weren't that big, and mm-hmm. um, and then about 2000, it's like okay, this just isn't going anywhere, so right, I right. left it, and um, and then around 2018, 17, 18, I really liked Fightful.com, and um, I was doing stuff. Uh, I was like asking questions on like doing the super chats. And then uh, I told Sean, like, man, let me help you uh, build Fightful's Facebook. And I just went from that to, I went from like first being a moderator on YouTube. Then I went to uh, doing Facebook stuff Mm -hmm. a lot also. And then I asked if I could do a column where I was covering uh, wrestling merchandise. And um, then uh, he had an opening for somebody to, at that time they were doing live coverage of AEW dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. And then I, somebody quit like right after I started and I was given dynamite and NXT and it just was a perfect time. And now I occasionally help with news if they're busy. Um, and then I asked if I could get a show and um, yeah, it, it just, I worked my way up and um, that sometimes that's the easiest way to do it. Like start as uh a moderator sometimes and just keep going and i mean that's that's what i did and it worked i had a feeling it would if i just kept doing my thing and yeah. it did and now i'm part of the team and um i gotta say it's something else being part of the number one like breaking news wrestling news channel it's uh it is something that i don't take for granted and i love it and um i never like when I started this, that wasn't the like that wasn't the case. I just really liked what they were doing because mm-hmm. Sean, we had under at that time, and I say we, but we had under 150 uh, Patreons at that time. Like, and now we're over. Um, I think we're over six thousand right now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's grown so much yeah, in the so last well. last few years. It's ridiculous how much yeah. how much it's grown. So. so. It's it's gone great, so I'm pr- I'm proud to be a part of the a great team with like Jeremy Lambert, Robert D. Oh, yeah. Felice. Jeremy's, um, Jeremy's awesome. Yeah, don't don't let them know that though. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we we go. Jeremy's like one of the nicest guys, and um, I just hate he his is, hockey really team, is. so we just kind of go back and forth on that. We used to. Now he just mm-hmm. doesn't even bother talking to me about it. But um, yeah, he's a great guy, and um. And Sean, of course, working with him's been fantastic, and just everybody that's part of the group there is just—it's great. It's like a—it's a family kind of atmosphere, and um, and again, I'll tell anybody the best way to get started in in this business, if that's what you're trying to do, is your best bets to start low on a totem pole and just keep doing your thing, and eventually you'll somebody will notice you and you get a chance, and that's really the way to do it. I mean, I've when I started doing this show or started doing a show the last thing i ever thought i would ask to be on a uh, i was asked to be on um one of our local radio or not local radio stations it's a station in minneapolis it was kfan they're the number they usually go back and forth with philadelphia for the number one rated sports radio station oh, okay yeah in the country and i was not expecting to ever be asked to be a guest on the show to talk wrestling you know and, right uh, so, I mean, this definitely has helped me like move on and move up and yeah. stuff. And um, I just keep doing my thing and it's been a blast. Heck yeah, man. So, yeah, so support Rob um, and all that. And that's uh, fightfulselect.com. It's like lowest tier is five bucks a month. I pay it gladly and willingly every month. <laughs> and I have since November of. 2019 um so yeah i mean it's it's a great great deal um you can follow me on twitter at ibanez chris um 
please subscribe to the channel here uh, and leave a thumbs up on the video. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, tell them just go to musicandmoonsaults.com. They'll direct you right to the YouTube page. And then if you, uh, like me, and you uh, take in your your podcast more of an audio format, um, I'm on podcast platforms, all the, all the big ones, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify. Um, so, yeah, hit, check me out on there, too. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, Rob, thanks again for, for joining me. And uh, until next time, everyone, see ya. Thank you.